0: for the word of the Lord. Uh, Come on, if you would, stand to your feet and go ahead and turn to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. And we're going to start reading in verse number one. And this is somewhat of a a foundational text for the next couple of weeks as we have been exploring love in this month of February, what the Bible says about biblical love. So we're going to look at um, 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. I'll begin reading. In verse number one, when you're there, say amen. Uh, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become a sounding brass or a clinging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy, is not easily provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but Rejoice in the truth, bears all things, believe all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Let's pray. Help us, Lord, as we dig into the riches of your word today. God, we want to know what it really means to walk in love, the kind of love, Lord, that you've demonstrated toward us, Lord, who we know we don't deserve it. But, God, we thank you for it anyway. And, God, I pray today that the revelation of the Holy Spirit will come into the heart of every person, that we will see something different, that will, Lord, catapult us into our destiny, catapult us, Lord, God, into uh, a lifestyle, Lord, of just demonstrating and allowing the Spirit of God to use us wherever we go with love, We thank you and we praise you. And all God's people said amen. And you can be seated in the Lord's presence. I do want to give a shout out. I would be remiss. Obviously, we said uh, last week that Valentine's, uh, well, February is a very special month for us. Uh, you know, not just because it's a love month and we celebrate our spouses and the people that we love and all that. But uh, I have two children uh, whose birthday is in February. Last week, it was my daughter. And today it is Jeremiah uh, Bailey's uh, 15th birthday. Amen. Can you just give him a... 15 years. The boy is getting old. Hallelujah. Now I looked at him and I told my wife, we was, we was praying, we was gathering to pray this morning. He walked up and my wife said, he's about as tall as you. And it's amazing because I can remember the night that he was born or the day before, I guess, when 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 the water broke at home and we were just running down the road, just trying to get him in and... You know, yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about, so I won't go into the gory details. But, but it seems like yesterday, and, and today he's 15 years old. Uh, wow, it's amazing! How do you know that life just moves really, really fast? Make the most of it, amen. Enjoy your kids because they get old quick. All right, now let's jump into the word of God. So, we have been talking about love, we'll be doing that for the entirety of the month of February. Last week, we kicked off our series talking about that love is and must be the foundation of everything that we do. As the Apostle Paul said, that without love, we are nothing. In other words, if there's no love attached to what we're doing, there is really no real value. So our demonstration and our commitment to love really helps position us to win the world because we said last week, Jesus says that men will know that you are my disciples because of the love that we have for one another. Not because of how much money we give, not because of how wonderful you are, not because of all your gifts, but because of your love. Love is critical. Love is foundational. Love must be the driving force behind everything that we do. And so as we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it's really called the love chapter. It's a very small chapter. If you read it, Paul really gives the biblical example of what real love is. And so what we decided to do this month is we're going to take some of the attributes of love, as Paul describes it, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we will build on it. And today, we're going to talk about patience. Everybody say patience. Love is... Patient. Oh, Jesus. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, you see there where Paul says, love suffers long. Y'all see that? It means patience. And how many know that one of the things that we all need is we need patience? <laughs> uh, we, need, you, we need patience with one another. And Lord knows how many of you are grateful that God has a whole lot of patience for you. And it's clear to see today that we live in a world that is broken. Our world is broken with so much. I mean, I, the list, I can go on and on and on. There's pain, there's suffering, there's identity issues. There's so many problems that are confronting, uh, confronted with our world today. And one of the things that we may be tempted to ask sometimes is, <clears throat> you know, with all the evil and all the pain, how come God don't just do away with it? How come God just fix it or remove the problem? Have anybody ever saw something so bad and horrific? You thought God, you just need to do something. God, why are you kind of hold it? I mean, God, you have all power. Yeah, you have all authority. God, won't you just do something and just because you can and just I don't understand how did you let that murderer go free? How do you let that person get away with hurting me the way that they did? I mean, God, I love you. I serve you. How, God, can they, I can look over at my own life and I see my life is somewhere that shambles and I can look over next door and it seems like the folk that ain't even walking with God are doing a little bit better than me. Am I preaching to anybody today? And you're wondering, and you're thinking to yourself, God, how is that? What's up with that? And one of the things that we got to understand about God is God is very patient. And, and sometimes we misund- we, we, we've, we've misinterpreted God's silence as to say that God doesn't care. And in actuality, God's silence is an indication of his great love and his great patience. How do you know that God is extraordinarily patient? He is, I mean, that is the very reason why God doesn't move as quickly as you like because, let's be honest, if you were God, you would would be changing a whole, you'd be dangerous. Come on, we all would be dangerous, right? I mean, we wouldn't have that kind of patience, but one of the things we understand about love, love is patience. And God has a whole lot of patience. And his patience is on display every single day. (laughs) Men take his name in vain. And God let them live. God very clearly says you shall not take the Lord's name in vain. And sometimes you who have been saved, come on. And God let you walk too. Men enjoy all the comforts of, of God's creation, right? God created the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. And then people don't even stop to give God thanks. In fact, you on your way to church. Well, it's kind of cold out there today, but usually if it's real warm outside, you see people out there golfing and washing their cars and they're not even thinking about God and God has given them everything that they got everything and, and, and they are just living their life if, if God don't exist. We live in a society today that have just rejected God. We have pushed them out of the public school system. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? We, 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 don't, we, don't, we don't want them in the public I mean be, 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 because you know we might offend somebody. The God who created the heavens and the earth oftentimes is ignored. And yet, God in his mercy and his patience, he let us continue on, and watch this, with the intent to deliver us. How do we know God wants men to come to a knowledge of the truth? Amen. Well, we got to understand that sometimes, I want to talk, talk real good to you today, but, you know, sometimes our right standing with God as Christians it lead us to forget you know, how patient God was with us. Well, Pastor, what do you mean? Because we don't always exude that same kind of patience with other people. You know, how I many know it's easy for us to get, to forget where we were at one point? How yeah. Oh, yeah. I many you remember where you were? And then all of a sudden, man, you know, you see somebody else jacked up and not where they're supposed to be. All of a sudden, your patience now has become, I don't have no patience for that. Well, uh, well, if God would to do that, you know, to us, I mean, we would all be in a, in a bad place, wouldn't we? God exudes tremendous amount of patience because love is patience. Let's look at a couple of verses. Second Peter, chapter number three, verse nine. There were some folks and probably even today that are saying, where is Jesus? I mean, it's been now well over 2000 years. Why hasn't he come back yet? I mean, what's up? I mean, I mean, I mean, all I see in here is Christians talk about Jesus is coming back. It's been all the where is he? Well, look, at what it says here in second Peter, chapter three, verse nine. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Don't you know, if Jesus said that, that I'm going to come back and receive you back into myself. How do we know that he's going to come back and get us? How do we know when Jesus said I have prepared a place for you that, that he's going to come back and take us there? How many know Jesus said that he's going to recreate everything back to his divine order and the way it should be? How many know that God is faithful to his word? He said, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. I want you to understand, church, that everything that God has spoken in his word, it's going to happen. I, let, me, let me say that again. Every promise and everything that God has spoken in his word, it is going to take place. Because God is faithful. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long suffering or patience toward us, not willing, watch this church, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So what is God's goal? What what does God want? Why does God allow all the pain? Why does God allow all the suffering? Why does God allow all the difficulties in life? Why does he allow it? It is because God is patient because he wants to see men saved. And aren't you glad he got you? I ever say, you know, every now and then when I think about the goodness of God. I think, Lord, I am so grateful that you, you know, I don't I don't understand why you did it, because how I many of you can think of yourself and think of a whole lot of reasons why not to save you? Amen. If you really save, you know what I'm talking about. But yet God, in his infinite mercy, he, he did it. So God is not slack concerning his promise, but God is long suffering. God allowed people to continue and do the things that they do that have no regard for him because at the end of the day, God wants men saved. He wants people coming in, out of darkness. He wants them to come into his marvelous light. So while you're sitting there hoping that God get them, hoping that God wipes them out, God is extending mercy. He's extending grace. You're thinking, God, get them. And God said, no, no, no. remember the disciples said, Jesus, Jesus, why don't you let fire come down from the earth and burn them up? And Jesus said, you don't even know what kind of spirit that you are of. You don't understand that the Son of Man came to save, to seek and to save that which was lost. And so God's patience is God's way of importing people into the kingdom of God. This is why God. Is patience, and, and watch this. And this is why God is not dealing with some things the way you want Him to deal with it. It's the, it's the same reason why He's not dealing with some people the way that you want Him to deal with them. How many of you got some enemies that you want God to get, and are you ain't afraid to talk about it? Come on. And, and so watch this. How many of you been praying God take care of some people, and ain't did it, and you're thinking like, what's God? Come on, because God is patient. God, I mean, God will put up with some stuff. And, you know, and what ought to motivate us is to understand, watch this, that, that what should motivate us to be patient is realizing that God is so patient with us. I mean, come on, Psalm 103, look at it, Psalm 103, verses 10, and, 10 through 14. I love this verse. It says, he, talking about God, he has not dealt with us according to our sins. Is anybody glad about it? Come on, God has not dealt with you. And uh, listen, and I'm talking like not just when you got saved, but even after you got saved. God has not dealt with us according to our sins, according to what we really deserve. Nor punish us according to our iniquities. Watch this. For as, high, for as the heavens are high above the earth, here it is, so great is his mercy toward those who Fear him. How do you know his mercies are new every single morning? As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us as the father pities his children. (laughs) So the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame and he remembers. Watch this, church. That you, we are just dust. He remembers that. In other words, he remembers that we are people who are jacked up without his grace, without his compassion and without his patience. He, I, wanted, I, want, I want to ask, has anybody ever like blown it with God? Come on. You blown, if you ever blow, if you ever blow, have you ever said to God, God, I'll never do it again. Have, have anybody ever? I'm, I'm going to confess. my. I mean, has anybody said, God, I'm not going to do it again. Amen. Never God"? And you got on your knees and you prayed with tears. God ain't going to do it again. (laughs) You turn right back around. And before you knew it, you did the same thing that you said, God, I will never do again. And how many know that God already knew it when you prayed it, that you were going to do it in the first place. But because of his patience and his mercy with you, how many know God don't just see where you are now. He sees you in another place. This is why he is so merciful. This is why he's so patient. I mean, I mean, I, every now and then I say, Lord Jesus, how, how, God, how can you be so good? To, I mean, God, I mean, every single time I'm born and I, and I, and I, confess, I say, God, how is it? How is it, God, that you could be so merciful to me? God, I don't deserve it, God. I blew it again. God says, because I am so merciful, I am so patient with you. And my love for you is unconditional. And and I don't know about you, but it just gives me just a little bit more inspiration. And it may come when you really think about God's love sometimes. How many know it'll make you cry? It'll make you cry because you realize that you are just messed up. Even the best of us, the Bible says our righteousness is like a filthy rag. And so what we do to make ourselves feel better is we compare ourselves against ourselves so that we can feel a little bit better about our sin. Not realizing that God delivered you and saved you and it had absolutely nothing to do with you except God decided to love you and have patience with you. Numbers fourteen eighteen says this. I love this verse. It says the Lord is slow to anger. Come on, church. Aren't you happy about that? How I many you know God ain't got a quick temper? You do. <laughs> but, but God, he is slow to anger. This is why God don't trip when people trip. Aren't you glad he's slow to anger? Because if he would have been quick with anger, none of us would be sitting here today. Y'all hear what I'm saying? I mean, all of us would be on that cold table. You, you, you hear what I'm saying? But because God was slow to anger, watch this, and abounding in steadfast love. Forgiven iniquity and transgression, but he would by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and to the fourth generation. Even though God will ultimately punish sin because he has to because he's a just God. But at the same time, he extends mercy and patience on the way. And all of us should be grateful for that. Go ahead and turn your Bible to Matthew chapter number 18. Look at Matthew chapter number 18, and we're going to start reading in verse number 28. Before we read there, uh, this is a parable of the unfor- unforgiving servant. And so Peter comes to Jesus, and uh, I love Peter. You know, people like to criticize Peter, but I love Peter because, because Peter would just, you know, people thought stuff and they wouldn't say it, but Peter, he would just tell you, he just come up, you know, he just, Peter, he comes to Jesus, he says, Watch this. He says, uh, Lord, um, um, how often shall I forgive my brother? Now, I want you to think about that. Peter came with the wrong spirit. You know, he came already. Watch this. So, so the brother didn't come with the spirit of wanting to forgive and extend patience and love, right? He came. He says, um, Lord, uh, um, how often shall I forgive my brother? How often? And, and, and you know, and, then, and he even had a—he even had it in his mind how how often he, he said uh, seven times. <laughs> I mean, then when somebody come up and they're asking God a question like that, you're already with the wrong spirit, because because you're looking to get out. You're looking. Look, Peter was ready. I don't know who it was. I don't know who Peter was thinking about, but Peter was ready to drop the hammer on somebody. said, somebody Peter said, "I am done." I'm through with them. They've done this to me enough. Enough is enough. Lord, how often now can get me. Lord, he wanted to be biblically free. He wanted to hear from Jesus. And what did Jesus say to him? Oh, no, no. Peter, Peter. Not seven times, brother. But 70 times seven. I would have liked to see what that brother's face looked like at that point. Now, now, if, if you're a mathematician and you know your math, that's 490 times. Now, how many you know that's a lot of time to forgive somebody? But understand, Jesus wasn't saying it as to say that, you know, it needs to be 490. Then after the 490th time, then you can stop. No, Jesus was saying it to say that as often as they come back, every time they blow it, and they come to you and say, please forgive me, he said every single time, do it. Do it. Every single time. I mean, God, there is no cap. No, remember now, if you want the cap, you got to remember then, 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 then you know, the cap, you got to put the cap on yourself, too, with God. You follow me? And I don't know about you, but I want with God, I want unlimited favor. Come on, somebody. I want unlimited grace. I want God to forgive me every single time I blow it. Is there anybody here who want that? Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Come on. Every look, every, time, every time you blow it, you want to know that when you blow it, and we all do from time to time, some of us blow it a little worse than others, <laughs> but nevertheless, we blow it. I want to know that every single time Jesus said, if you confess your sin, I am, he is faithful and just to forgive. How many know that in order to forgive, you have to, you have to exude some patience with folks? If you're going to forgive somebody, you've got to have a little bit of patience with them because you've got to understand that God ain't done with them yet. Oh, y'all, y'all hearing this. you you got to understand. God is not finished with them yet. God is still working out some things. You don't fully understand. That's why he said, you just keep forgiving. You don't understand what's going on. I know it's blowing your mind. I know it's confusing you. But here's what you do. Every time they blow it, when they come to you and say, I'm sorry, forgive them. So so here's so here Peter says this. And so Jesus, of course, Jesus is never going to miss an opportunity to teach. So then Jesus began to give this parable to explain how the kingdom works. Now, I want you to understand something that every time Jesus gave a parable, he always gave a parable to teach a truth about the kingdom. So, so oftentimes when he would give a parable, he was, try, he was really trying to give you an insight in how the kingdom of God worked. Y'all understand what I'm saying? You, you get that? So, so, so here Jesus goes into this parable. Here, here was. Here was a man who was a servant who owed his master 10,000 talents. Now, that was a significant amount of money. Now, his master came to him and said, okay, time to pay up. I'm collecting. Pay me my money. Uh, the servant Fell on his knees saying, oh, God, have mercy on me. I don't have it, but soon as I get it, I'll pay you. Please have mercy. Have mercy on me. I, I, I don't have it right now, but just, just, you know, just give me a little bit of time. And, and the Bible says that, that the master forgave the servant of all of it. I, and that was a, a whole lot of money. Everybody say a lot of money. Lot of money. Now, we'll look at verse number 28. Now, you would think that when patience and mercy was given to him, That he would have did the exact same thing, right? Look at verse twenty-eight. But that servant went out, the same one now, and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, which is a a very insignificant amount of money compared to ten thousand talents. Watch this, a little bit, and he watch this church, and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, (laughs) saying, "Pay me what you owe me, boy. Pay me." Now, this is the same joker that went to his God and asked for mercy. The same joker who begged, got over his knees, said, please. And the master forgave him. He has an opportunity for far less money. And what does he do? He grabbed the man by the throat and said, give me everything you pay. The servant said, watch. So verse 29. So his fellow servant fell down, fell down just like he did. I want you you to draw the correlation. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet, watch this, and begged him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. Verse 31. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. In other words, uh, you know, the, the, other, the other folks, other fellow servants who, who witnessed all this, they went back and snitched. They went back and told the master, the, wife, the one who forgave them, they went back and said, Look, look, you, you need to see what your boy then just did here. Verse 32. Then his master, after he called him, said to him, watch this, church. Here's what he called him. Are you all ready for this? He said, you wicked servant. How many know that it's wicked of us? To allow to see God, be patient with us and give us extended mercy, and then we don't return the favor. He said, "You wicked servant! Listen to me. I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you?" And this master was angry, delivered him to the torturers until he should pay. All that was due him. Now, church, understand the correlation here, because we're talking about being patient with one another. We're talking about forgiving one another because this is love. This is how love works. How many of you know that we sometimes forget about patience and mercy that was shown to us just like this person? We would say, oh, no, I, I don't do that. See, we forget sometimes. Watch this, and and I and I, I know this because I live in the Christian world. You know, we forget how that there was a there was a time when we lusted, because when somebody else lusts, we start looking down on them. Oh, you filthy sinner! Oh, come on, am I right about it? Come on, we forget how we fornicated. Oh, come on, we forget how we fantasize, overindulge, held on the bitterness, held on the anger, held on for unforgiveness. There was a time, and and some of this is post-salvation, when we were hateful, jealous, self-serving, pride, and rebellious. Prideful and rebellious. You know what I'm talking about. And yet when we see that in somebody else, we have a tendency, if we're not careful, we kind of stand over some folk like we're giants of the faith. Like, man, look, what's wrong with you? And, 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 and all of a sudden, you, you, you don't give people mercy. You don't give people, you're not patient with people no more. And not realizing that, that, that God was very patient. How many of you would say that it took a while for you to get where you needed to get with God? Come on. And, and how many of it's still taking a while for you to get where you need to get with God? Come on, am I right about it? This is why we're called to have patience with each other. And the question you know, I was just thinking about it. But, you know, the, the Bible gives some very, in this parable, Jesus gives some very, very um, uh, explicit language. He said this servant took him and choked him. I mean, and demanded his money. You know, in the spirit sometimes, I believe we, we do that to people that are struggling sometimes. We take them in by the throat and we choke them. What are you doing? Don't you know you're a sinner? Don't you know you need to get your life right? What's wrong with da and, and listen, I'm not saying we shouldn't be held to a higher standard. But how many know that when people at least want to act right, we ought to try to meet them half the way. Come on, somebody. Come on. If they at least, want to, if they at least walk in the door, they ought to tell you something. Amen. You know, if they at least come in a, well, well, maybe, maybe, maybe God, see, I, my belief is if somebody get exposed to the word, you never know what God to do. God to change a person on a dime. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God can change a heart. So the same question was asked to them, was asked to us. Should you not have had compassion on your fellow servant like God had compassion on you? Ephesians chapter two. Go to Ephesians chapter two real quick. Verses one and six. Paul here is amazing because what Paul does, Paul wants to drive home the point. Because how many know that every now and then, it's good to know where you came from. Anybody ever heard, had your mom tell you that? You, know, you ever hear somebody say, boy, you better remember where you came from. Why, why, why do we say that? Why, 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 do, we, why do we say, you, you better remember where you came from? Because where you came from helped shape the person that you are today. And you don't want to forget, because how many know we have a tendency to forget? You know, the children of Israel, over and over again, how many know that they just, God just kept blessing them, and then they just turned right back around, and they wouldn't do what they were supposed to do. They would just forget God. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They would forget God. People do it every single day. They just forget God. And here, Paul is saying, I want you to remember. I want to take you back to where you were so that you can understand that when somebody else is struggling, when somebody else is having a difficult time that you'll know how to treat them and your inspiration for that is to see how God had mercy on you not just before you gave say but before you got saved but everybody say after after. watch this he says now in in, uh, Ephesians chapter 2 verse number 1 and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin this is where we were we were dead in which you once walked watch this church According to the course of this world, all right, according to the prince of the power of the air, if you don't know who that is, talking about Satan, the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience. I mean, we were all there at one point. Come on. We were all there at one point. Watch this. Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves. Watch this. In the lust of our flesh. You know what that means? Do whatever your flesh says, whatever your flesh wants. Whatever your flesh wants, your flesh says, do it, you do it. You weren't led by the spirit of God. Watch this. And you fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature children of wrath, just like everybody else. So so this was a condition that we were in before we got saved. We were an absolute and total mess. Now, did we change because of something that we did? That's the question. Are you better today because of something that you did? Are you better today because of your works? Are you better with God? Are you right with God because of what you did? Says in verse number four. But God, everybody say, but God, God. who is rich in mercy, because watch this, because of his great what? There it is. That word love. Not because of anything else. Not because of your works. Because how many know you ain't good enough? You know, how many know Christians, can I, can I say something to you? You know, you know, could God have a tendency to clean us up and make us look good. And you know what? And you need to walk with a you need to walk in the Lord as much as you can. But make sure that you remember that it is all because of the grace of God. If you've been blessed today, if you've got a lot, don't walk around and look like you are somebody. You need to walk around with a little bit of humility and say, God, I thank you. Brother, will you, I, I want you to come in and experience what I got today. But don't walk around looking down on folk who are not where you're at yet because you are where you're at today because of the grace of God. It was nothing. Listen, it had nothing to do with you. It was a but God moment. But God, because of his great love, Amen. nothing else. Because of his love. And, and, you know, in the pride of men, God, when God clean us up sometimes, there's something in us, first lady, that want to say, ah, you know, man, I'm a, a little bit better than you. No. Yeah, by the grace of God, Paul says, I am what I am. And and, and Paul says, I made sure that because because of his grace, I worked real hard, not to be saved, but because he knew that there was so much grace given to him, he wanted to make sure that he extended that same love and patience with somebody else. Look what he said. He said, verse 4, but God, who is rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Amen. It's by God's grace. It was by God's. It was because of God's patience. It was because of His love. It was all those times when you were doing what you wanted to do that God allowed you to do it. This is why you don't want to pray too quick for God to get rid of some folk, because you start praying that, then you really kind of asking God, well, God, maybe you should have got rid of me too, because how many know that He was He was merciful to you? How many of you love His mercy? How many of you love His patience? then do, me a, do God a favor. Go extend it to somebody else. Go. Don't, 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 wish, listen, don't wish no bad on nobody else. Pray for them. That's why Jesus says, pray for your enemies. How many know God loves all his creation? He's not willing to any perish, but all come to a knowledge of the truth. All. Everybody say all. This is the heart of God. So God is very patient. This is who he is. Colossians 3. We're coming down. Colossians 3. Verses 12 and 13 says this. <laughs> put on then. How many know you got to put on some stuff when you walk with God? We had our men's meeting yesterday and we talked about putting on the full armor of God. But How many know as, as children of God that there are some things that we got to put on every day because your natural disposition is not to put it on? Because you feel in and of yourself, the way you live your life sometimes, just by, by the way, by the things we do, you, you, you appear self-sufficient. So how do you know you got to make yourself get where you need to be with God? You need to make yourself be attentive to the things of God. He said, put on then as chosen ones. How many you know you've been chosen today? Holy, he called you holy, you've been set apart. You're holy and beloved. Watch this. He's to put this on compassionate hearts. How do you know when you walk in love, you're compassionate? He says kindness. Everybody say kindness. First Corinthians thirteen says, "Love is patient and love is kind." When a person is not kind, they are not walking in love. Love is kind. You know, I, you know. I love. We got some really kind people in our church, don't we? I can say names, but I won't. But there are just some folk around here, you just love to kind of be around, don't you? They're just, they're just kind. And, they, you know, nobody, even if they're having a bad day, you don't really know it, you know, because they're just walking in love. And that kind of love, how many you know the love is contagious? It is, when everybody starts walking in love, it's something about it. I'm not talking about the kind of love we see today that the world betrays. I'm talking about biblical love. He said, you got to put this thing on because everything in you going to say, I don't want to put it on, but you got to put it on. He said, put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness. Watch this. And what? Come on. And what? Y'all reading? Come on. And what? Patience. Watch this. Bearing with one another. (laughs) Uh Oh, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against any. Forgive each other as the Lord has also forgiven you. So you must. Everybody say must. 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 See, this word bear has the idea of getting up under some stuff. So, you know, when, when you bear something, I mean, it's, it's, it's weight. You, you hear what I'm saying? He said, how many know that sometimes as Christians, we got we to gotta bear with one another. We got to get under. We got we to gotta listen. Watch, watch this, church. Now, some of you right now, you're shaking your head. you said that devil is a lie. Stay with her now. He said, bear with one another, which means you got to get up under some stuff sometimes and you got to deal with some folks' stuff. Amen. Watch this now. Watch this. Because God deals with your stuff every day. So he tells you, here's why he's telling you. He said, bear up. Get underneath. Watch. Get underneath. Bear with one another. Put up with one another and forgive. Watch this. Just like God forgave you. How many of you love that word? That's a good word. So you got to bear with one another. Now Now, why would Paul... And why would Paul tell the Colossian church? Think about it. Why would he say bear with one another? Because he's telegraphing something. What is he telegraphing? Come on, church. What is he telegraphing? When he say bear with one another, what is he telegraphing? He's telling us up front that there's a lot of folk that's going to have some issues. And you know what? Everybody in here got some issues. Just because your issues don't stink as bad as mine don't mean you don't have some issues. Some of us are just really good at covering up our issues. We hide our issues and nobody knows it. But God knows it. God knows everything. How many you know it'll keep you humble? It'll keep you humble. Watch this. Watch this. So we got to be patient. Ephesians 4 says the same thing, verses 2 and 3. With all lowliness and gentleness, watch this, with patience long suffering, He says it again, bearing with one another in what? Love. Watch it. And he says, endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Why do we have to endeavor to do that? Because we're going to have some challenges. We're going to have to endeavor because it's not easy. The word endeavor screams that there's going to be opposition, there's going to be a challenge, it's it's going to be difficult. But how many know that we need to have a disposition of mercy? We need to have a disposition of Patience. We need to have that. Why? Because God requires it of us, and love is patience. I want to say to you this morning that God is, the Bible says that God is at working you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. How many know that God is doing something in your life? Now, We don't always know what that is and what it looks like. But God is working in all of us and God is meeting all of us where we're where we're at. Some of us are further along with our walk with God than others. Some of us are resistant to what God is trying to do in our lives. But nevertheless, we always want to come from a place of mercy. Let me tell you why. Because because when we walk in that mercy and we walk in patience to then toward others and watch this church, we give God an opportunity to change. How many know we want to make sure that God always have the place that he can do in people's lives, what he did in your life? Because God changed you. I don't know about I don't know about you, but I can just speak for myself. I mean, there was a time when I was a jealous person. There was a time when my spirit wasn't right. There was a time in my life that I can stand here and tell you as a pastor that I haven't always responded the way that I should. I had to learn this. I had to learn some things. And all the while, God was patient with me. When God first called me into ministry in 1997, I told you this before, I'll say it again. I was so angry because I thought that, that I was ready to go. And, and it, it seemed like nobody was even paying any attention. And all the while, I realized now, more than ever before, there was so much wrong with me. I wasn't ready for this moment. God was working in me. And thankfully, somebody didn't give up on me. Somebody, somebody, I mean, I don't know, somebody didn't give up on me. Somebody just said, you know what, you know what, you're going to be okay. We're going to work, we're going to be okay. We're going to work. I'm going to work with you. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to believe God that you're going to change. I'm going to believe God, he's going to change your circumstance, your situation." I'm gonna believe God that, in spite of what I'm seeing, I'm gonna believe God. I'm gonna believe God to do in you what you can't even do for yourself. It's not about you, it's about the power of God. We gotta allow the power of God to flow. We gotta allow the power of God to flow. And one of the things that we understand about one another, church, is, is that people are a work in progress. This is why the Bible talks about how do we go from glory to glory to glory to glory because God is changing us. God is rearranging some things in our lives. And when I think about my own life, I'll tell you why I don't get angry at you real quick because the minute I even think I want to get angry at you, I start thinking about my own life. How many times I had to come back to God and ask him, oh, you don't know it, you know? How many times I had to come back and and every time, and God God loves me, and he he, he says, you know what, son, it's okay. Get back up, keep going. Keep going, son. I ain't finished with you yet. (laughs) So it keeps me humble. It keeps me humble. There's no room for me at all to brag or boast and there's not any room for you either. But here's what we do. Paul said it this way. Inspire one another unto good works. Be an inspiration. Be an inspiration. Be a person that exudes the character of Christ. Walk in love with patience. Be patient. Be patient with people. And always walk in love. And God will be with us. Jesus said this to his disciples before he left. He said, you have freely received, now freely give. God wants us to judge judge less and love more. Judge less and love more. Love is patient. Maybe you're sitting here today and you say, you know what, I'm not a patient person. how many know that you shouldn't be comfortable staying there? Whatever you are not, allow God to change you. You can be, the Bible says Jesus, the Bible says love is kind, love is patient. How many know that God said that because he expects us to walk in that? And the more that we're willing to batter ourselves and allow Christ, the risen Christ, to live in our life, good things will happen. Good things will happen. I want our church to be a church (laughs) that really reflects the character of Christ in all that we do. I want us to be a people that really understands what love, I'm just talking to you right now, but I really want you to understand that love is not just a word. I don't want it to be something that we come in and we say, love each other and we say it. I want us to really walk in it. I want the characteristics of love to be real. I want it to be real. I don't want it to be something that we just say, it sounds nice, but yet we don't exercise it. And then there is no real change. I am so grateful for God every day. Every day I live, every day I live, I am so grateful that God did not give up on me. I'm so grateful. Maybe there's some people in your life that you've given up on because they've hurt you so bad. Maybe there's some folks that you're just really just mad at because they just whatever. And you and, and, and honestly, if the truth be known, you're, you're just hoping that God just just deal with them. God is love. maybe the Holy Spirit has spoken to you this morning and said, you know what? You need to have a little bit more patience. Maybe somebody you've been just getting frustrated with, you've been preaching the gospel to them for years and they are not responding, they are not listening. Maybe you got a spouse or you know somebody who have a spouse who you've been preaching to for years and they are not listening. Maybe you got a son, maybe you got a daughter, maybe you got a friend, maybe you got a relative. You've been just preaching you've been just trying and they are not listening, and it's driving you nuts. Ask God for a little patience and keep praying because how do we know God's timing is not your timing? He works outside of time. Every head is bowed.